0: Well good morning, good morning to all the dads especially and um, today I'm going to be talking predominantly to men but ladies don't switch off because hopefully there's some stuff in there too uh, for you but um, yeah I want to, um, this is my Happy Father's Day card from my little boy today, it's kind of made my day, it's got monster trucks on it so I'm just going to put that there and if you kind of take nothing else from today, you can look at this little card and go, yeah, I liked his monster truck card. That was awesome. So that was Karis Sammy. Totally stoked about that. I got a monster truck card and a drum solo first thing in the morning. So (laughs) you can't ask for more than that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I want to speak predominantly to men today, but uh, yeah, don't switch off. Uh, and, 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 and not just the dads, but all men. Because if, if you might be a man here and you're not a dad, um, there's, there's a, a literal dad, like we have kids, but there's also spiritual fathers. And I think if you're a man and in the, you're in the church, we have a capacity, and I'm not even going to say a, a responsibility, to be dads to one another, to, to each other, sort of to other men but also to, to the women and to the kids as well. And I'm going to talk a bit this morning. I'm glad you showed that about compassion um, because compassion is kind of very, very key to what I want to talk about today. And that's what I've called it, lessons from a fighting man, the strength paradox, because sometimes when we hear the word Men and strength and these kind of things bandied around. All sorts of cultural images come to mind. But sometimes, and I want to talk and unpack a little bit today, um, some lessons from a really interesting character in the Gospels who was a fighting man, a military man. But his strength, uh, where it's derived from, and and how it was outworked uh, is a little bit paradoxical sometimes. And I want to just talk about about that. So when I was... um, when I was in primary school, my idea of of being a man as a skinny little chuppa chop of a kid with a big head and a tiny little stick figure out was, was how fast can you run and hopefully the girls were looking sort of run really fast from here to there and hopefully the girls sort of noticed that. And That was my idea of, you know, and even today, you know, I kind of think that's impressive and all the girls go, meh. But uh, <laughs> maybe maybe meh is what they were doing back 30 years ago. <laughs> I don't know. Probably, yeah, that's right. And then when I was a teenager, my idea of of what it meant to be a real man was to find the highest, tallest waterfalls that we could find growing up in in the territory and jump off them and hope that the girls were looking. (laughs) And that works just fine until you're all up there psyching each other up to get the courage to jump off this ridiculously tall thing that I would never, ever say ever jump off now. Looking at it, I would never let my kid jump off stuff like that. But while we're all psyching ourselves up there, it this works just fine. Thanks, Sam. Thank you. You need it too. Sorry, let us just blow my nose so I don't sniff at you for the entire time. Kerry? Random blame Kerry for stuff. It's fun. You should try it sometime. Um So when I was a teenager, my idea of what it took to be a man had uh, matured from running really fast in the playground to finding the tallest waterfall that we could find and jumping off it and hope the girls look and hope our bodies don't come off when we hit the water too. That's kind of, you know, it's time to come out now. No, I'm cool, man. I'm just, stay here. You mob, go ahead, you know. No, no, no. But uh, it all works well until while you're... Up there with your mates psyching yourself up to run off this thing. A girl runs past you and runs clean off the edge. And then you're like, now we can't climb down. Now we have to, now we have to jump off. Do you want to jump off? I, didn't really, I was up here because you're up here. What are you doing up here? I'm up here because you're up here. I don't want to jump off this thing. Are you insane? But all of us had to now jump off. So that kind of didn't work either. It sort of fell short. And then when I was in my 20s, my, my uh, idea of what it took to be a man and matured from jumping off really insanely tall things to when I was at a party and someone wanted to open their drink I would open it with my eye socket there you go just there's not many of us who can do that hey dave it's, a, it's a, it is a gift yeah 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 it's it's a gift and then oh you finished with that you finished with that can oh there we go no so it, it, <laughs> things have matured somewhat um, These were my ideas of what strength was all about. Um, But today I want to to sort of put a big question, if we could have the next one up. Thanks, Abs. We're going to kind of talk about strength within a God-given agenda here this morning. And if you're new here and you're not a Christian, you're just wondering what this is about, that's okay. I'm going to try and unpack it in such a way that hopefully you can take something away from this as well. How do we as men stand up in our God-given identity and capacity to be strong in a time and culture that increasingly tells us to repress who we are? It is a good question, and it's not an easy question to unpack. But I think it's really important that we get this right as men. Because to be strong or to fight in an unhealthy way is just going to make this worse. But if we're uh, looking to be men and dads and looking how to stand up in strength and how to have the right kind of fight that I actually think is God built inside of us, if we do that, holding on to God's hand with one hand and holding on to people's hand with the other will be hugely impactful, massively, and that's needed more than ever. More than ever the, in, my, in my lifetime that I can think of, we need good, solid, strong men today. And there's some litmus tests, and I'll go into it a little bit later on, but one is how does a man treat women and how does a man treat kids? And they're two really big sort of uh, indicators of the health and the strength of men Uh And that that goes not just in the church, that's all men. That's all men. Yep. Okay. How can we fight in the right way? How can we be strong and live courageously in a world that surrounds us with messages that promote the opposite? And you could even go so far as to argue that because of that culture that we're in, uh, it's more important than ever to do that. The right fight. Your strength is needed, men. Um, And this is where I don't want the ladies to switch off either. You can put ladies there as well. I'm speaking to the guys today, but please don't, don't tune out. Your strength is needed. Your voice is needed. Your courage is needed. And these inbuilt character traits will be found and anchored in your identity. And your identity is determined by or will be determined by who or what you will bend the knee to. Your identity is determined by who or what you will bend the knee to. All of our identity, men, women, everyone in this room, your identity will be determined and shaped and anchored in by who or what you bend the knee to. Not how you are on a uh, Sunday morning, but who or what you bend the knee to. Will you do this perfectly? No. We'll get it wrong. Absolutely. But predominantly, The process of sanctification, becoming more Christ-like, which is a process, which is a lifetime thing, and we're not there yet, so we will make mistakes, but hopefully as the process goes on, we make less of those mistakes and we become more Christ-like. And we can identify when we stuff up because we've got something to measure it against. Understand? It's a new natural bent. And uh, if you want more of a talk on that, read Romans. It's a fantastic book about all that kind of thing. Next one. Thanks, Abs. Often enough, loud enough, frequent enough, for long enough. If you get a message, um, any message in our culture, let's say, um, uh, fantails are the most healthy thing to eat 24-7. If you get that, now, there's a ridiculous statement. We all know it's wrong. But if you get that message often enough, loud enough, frequently enough, for long enough... Um, with no counteracting of that message, even as crazy a message as that is, then guess what? It because it goes from being ridiculous to, okay, look, I'll look into it. To oh well, maybe you're right, maybe I should do some research. To oh, okay. No, I, I I I think that's right, yeah. I think that's right. Even though it makes no sense whatsoever. It doesn't stop me eating fantails. By the way, very nice. <laughs> Where you stand will determine what you see. Have you heard that before? Where you stand will determine what you see. So right now, in this room, um, my viewpoint is different from Kerry's because of where we're standing. They're neither right nor wrong. It doesn't mean my viewpoint right now is right and Kerry's is wrong or the other way around. No, it doesn't mean that. (laughs) Kerry's like, I'm right. We'll talk about this later. (laughs) That's not what it means, but... Where you're standing and what you're standing on will determine what you see. Um, So even in a culture, if you're getting stuff loud enough, often enough, frequent enough, for long enough, which is pretty much the soup that we swim in a lot of the time, uh, you can still question it objectively with a good anchor point and a good foundation. Where you're standing will determine how you see and what you see that. How you view? It's a, you know. Sometimes I talk about dangerous questions and dangerous prayers, and that lead to dangerous answers, that lead to dangerous outcomes. Um, here's a dangerous question, um, men: How do you view your strength? Is it obsolete? Do you view it as vital? Do you see it as unhealthy? Is it dangerous or is it God-given? How we view our strength will be set by how often, how loud, how frequent, how long. So if you're, I remember years ago, one of the best sermons I've ever heard on the need to get into the Word, the Bible and chewing it, and studying it, yeah, and bounce off one another, was by a friend of mine who simply brought his dog, called Boof, and his dog was next to him on the stage and said, this is Boof." Yesterday, I decided to feed Boof a week's worth of, of dog food in one day, just to see what would happen. <laughs> and Boof ate the whole thing, you know, those kind of sausage log things that you can get at Coles, and... Boof sat there and ate the whole thing till it was eating, just sort of spread eagled on the ground. (laughs) Ate the whole thing in one day. And my friend said, one week's worth of food in one day should be cool for tomorrow. Won't have to feed my dog. Next day, Boof's starving, needs another meal. The point was um, in this culture that we live in, the political, cultural place that we are, And by the way, people are not the enemy, and I'm going to come back to that sooner, so let's not be reactive, okay? Um, We cannot, I'll put it to you that we cannot, or it's going to be incredibly difficult to stand up with the right kind of strength and the right kind of fight and the right kind of healthy way as men if all we're getting is one feed once a week, e.g. here. Okay? It's got to be more than that. We can't be like Boof. <laughs> or we can be like Boof, who was very hungry the next day. Do you understand? It's not enough. Uh, that's not a legalistic statement. It really isn't. Okay? Uh, I'm the kind of person that can has read the Bible many times, each book. And if you ask me to remember a certain verse, my mind just goes pew, like a television. It's just not like that. I don't. I'm not, I don't have a photographic memory. It's not about knowing the right order of the books in the right. It's about knowing the author. And the more you get to any any relationship, any relationship, you know, like me and Dave, for example, we've known each other for a long time, um, but it's because we keep in contact. We know each other's strengths and weaknesses. We cry with one another. We laugh with one another. Um, it takes like the same. Same with God. That's what it's going to take. Okay, let's let's kick on. Sorry, I've taken a bit of time. If you've got your Bibles uh, either on in in a paper form or on the phone, that's fine. Or if you'd like to look here on the screen, we're going to look at fascinating piece of scripture. It's called the Faith of a Centurion. Luke seven one to ten. This is actually recorded in two places in the Gospels in Matthew. And in Luke, but we're going to look at the Luke one. When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. Now, Capernaum is a town on the shores of Lake Galilee in the northwestern corner, and it was a place which was often visited by Jesus. So remember when he called Matthew? who was then called Levi, and Matthew was a Jewish guy collecting taxes on behalf of the Romans, so he was ripping off his own people and he was hated. That was Capernaum. He called Matthew out of Capernaum, so it's a Roman-occupied place. There are centurions, so a Roman centurion's servant whom his master, highly valued, was sick and about to die. There's a good chance the servant is Jewish. Okay, centurions, Roman servants, Jewish. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews, that's fascinating, to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him, this man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation, another fascinating point, and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I do not even consider myself worthy to come to you, but say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go. And he goes, I tell that one, come. And he comes, I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. And turning to the crowd, following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith, even in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well we 're going to flick over to the next one, thanks Abby. This is the message paraphrase of the same sometimes i like to read two things at the same time because of the different ways it 's drawn out when he had finished speaking to the people, he entered Capernaum. a Roman captain there had a servant who was in on his deathbed. He prized him highly didn't want to lose him. When he heard Jesus was back, he sent leaders from the Jewish community asking him to come and heal his servant. They came to Jesus and urged him to do it, saying, He deserves this. He loves our people. He even built our meeting place. Jesus went with them. When he was still quite far from the house, the captain sent friends out, Master, you don't have to come all this way. Don't come to all the trouble. I'm not that good a person. You know, I'd be embarrassed for you to come under my house, even embarrassed to come. To you in person, Jesus gave the order, and my servant Jesus give the order, and my servant will be well. I'm a man under orders. I also give orders. I tell one soldier go, and he goes; another come, and he comes. My slave do this, and he does it. Taken aback, Jesus addressed the accompanying crowd. I've yet to come across this kind of simple trust anywhere in Israel. The very people who are supposed to know about God and know how He works. When the messengers got back home, they found the servant up and well. Um, can you imagine how this story deconstructs the world that the people the, the people who are following him, listening to him? It blows everybody's world apart. If, if you're a Jew and you're in the crowd, seeing this happen... It's blown you. Why? Because this guy is a Gentile. He's not one of us. We have the monopoly on faith here. We have the monopoly on belief here. Why is he coming here? Blown. Yeah? If you're a Gentile, it's, your world is also blown in a really powerful, positive way. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Did he just say he was amazed by this? That's incredible. Jesus was amazed. Next one, Abs. So why is this account so interesting? Why is it so important to us? It's important on a few different levels. Um, the cultural, political, geographical, religious context makes it fascinating um, because we're talking about an occupied nation uh, under Roman authority. Um it, that necessarily wasn't always all bad. Like in Capernaum, it was kind of like, well, yeah, they're here, but we've got schools and roads and things like that. But on the flip side, um, they're press-ganging our, our Jewish guys into collecting taxes and these guys are rotting the system. So, you know, it was a bit of give and take. Um, so it's an interesting political time, cultural time. Jesus was familiar with Capernaum. That's also very Interesting. So I I wonder if that's how the captain knew who this guy was. I've heard of this guy, this rabbi guy. He's out walking around doing all sorts of things. Can you send someone? Because, you know, I've heard the rumours. So that's interesting. Uh, Capernaum had a mix of obviously Jewish and Gentile people. Um, um, I'm amazed too that Matthew records this because Matthew was from Capernaum or at least he worked there um, it, it's fascinating that he, he records this about the people who used to be kind of over him. That's really amazing, I think. That's incredible. And the reason why I wanted to talk about the backstory is because uh, uh, the centurion in this story is an outsider, he's a Gentile. Unless you're Jewish here, we're all Gentiles, we're, we're outsiders. Okay, we're in, you can argue later on if you want to with me and that's fine, or with Kerry, preferably with Kerry. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> take your profound theological arguments to Kerry, but um, we're in a post-Christian West. We can talk about that later. We're, we're outsiders, okay? We're outsiders. Thanks, Abs. Next one. So what are the lessons today from a first century Roman soldier? Firstly, he's securing his identity. So this guy, if, if, if there was a dictionary back then and you want to look up under the words beefcake, it'd have a photo of this guy, beefcake, man's man. It'd be this dude. He's like in charge of a hundred other guys. They're the, they're the local authority. They're the local I say, you do, give me ten, that kind of thing. That's this guy, okay? He's a man's man, alpha male. And he's secure in his identity. I know who I am. I know who I am. That's the first thing. Next one, he's vulnerable. This is why I've, the more I got into this, the more I thought, wow, this guy's really strong. And as I look down these things that he's displaying in this story, there's a whole stack of things that aren't, Traditionally associated with the strength of a man. Vulnerability. Why, why you say, why is he vulnerable? He risks his whole reputation and status in, from, in front of Jewish people. Potentially, this could go really bad for him. <laughs> really bad for him. But he's vulnerable. Why? Because he knows who he is, he's secure. Next one, cross-cultural integrity. This is really important and it's so important for us today, cross-cultural integrity. He is respected outside his own people. That's amazing. Um, You can be feared outside of your own people. Respect is a different thing altogether. Um, Jewish elders go on his behalf and advocate for him. This guy deserves this. He cares for our nation. He's shown that because he's put money and resource and time and perhaps men into the building of the synagogue. He's generous with his resource. Respect is earned. It's reciprocal. The irony of men... Who, have, have you ever met men who... Everything about their body language demands respect, wants respect, wants to be that guy, that alpha male guy, and... Um, the irony is that it's kind of, it's just a real turnoff. <laughs> and the irony is that the men that you're most likely to more naturally respect are just those people who are secure and just get on with it. Yeah, and just do their thing. Don't point to themselves. In fact, the sentence, you must respect, would never come out of their mouth. Compassionate. I love this and that's why I loved that story before. Compassionate. Here's a soldier who's also a father figure for people who aren't even his kids. He stands up for others, even the least of these. He has compassion on his servant. And culturally, in that time, what is a Jewish servant to a Roman? Nothing. Diamond doesn't. I don't care if you die. Yeah. That's huge. It's big. Faith. He has no problem believing that Jesus can do this. I don't have to have all the answers, but I've got enough faith to know that you are someone special. Even if I don't quite know that you are the king of the universe yet, I know that you're someone special. You're someone out of the box. That requires faith. Faith is different to knowledge. Sometimes in church we think... um, To say that you know, to say that to have to have faith is weak. It's, it's not like faith is different to knowledge. We've got faith. It's not blind faith. There's a whole stack of reasons why we can solidly put our firm foundation in Jesus. But it stills faith. It still takes faith. Every belief system on the planet takes faith. Um, it really isn't blind faith, and you can test it, and you can poke it, and prod it. This guy has faith. I love that. Even You can do this, Jesus, and I believe you can do it even from long distance. Even from long distance. Submission. He's a man in charge yet willing to submit to Jesus. Yeah, and a submission is another thing we don't naturally associate with strength of character, is it? I think it's really important. Submit. We need to submit. Okay? He's a man in charge, yet submits to Jesus. Um, culturally in those times, um, when a Roman says, don't come under my roof, it's because, ew, you're a Jew, don't come under my roof. You'll wreck the joint. I'll have to clean it out. He's completely flipped that norm in front of a Jewish audience and says, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. He's submitting He's submitting. That's amazing. That is amazing. He even says, it refers to Jesus as Lord. And, and partly that's cultural. If there's a rabbi walking around, you go, Lord, it's like a title. Um, but I want to sort of break tradition a little bit and go, Lord, and when we say the word Lord, it's a dangerous word. You can't call Jesus Lord and then do what you like. Um, yeah, I think that's fascinating. I love that. And he leaves a legacy. And you go, what legacy? Well, we're reading about him today. Amazing legacy. So lessons today, lessons for today from a first century Roman soldier on strength, security, vulnerable, cross-cultural integrity, compassionate, full of faith, learns to submit and leaves a legacy. Gosh, none of that is relevant today. <laughs> what are you talking about, Then <laughs> It's all relevant. To us as men. That, that was a joke. Sorry. No. Thanks, Dave. Cheers. Five bucks is in the mail, my friend. <laughs> Thanks, Abby. Next one. Sorry, I think we've covered that. How many of these qualities are usually traditionally associated with strength, even by today's standards, yeah? The uh, – when you come to Jesus – the strongest, most manly, most courageous, most faith-filled thing that you can do is to bend the knee and go, you are God and I am not. Not to go, I've got it all together, have all the answers, full of pride and puffed-upness like a little rooster strutting around. Nah. Next one. Thank you, Abs. Small sentence, huge impact. Jesus was amazed. I, I, I thought this was incredible because there's only two places in the Gospels where jesus it's written that Jesus was amazed. And one's about belief and the other's about unbelief. And the, the, the dichotomy is fascinating because he's amazed by a Roman's belief and the other places in Mark 6.6 6 where he's amazed by the unbelief of his hometown. Isn't that amazing? We should be encouraged because we are much more like this Roman guy than perhaps we think. I think that's fantastic. Okay, We've run out of slides, but if you're a note taker, this is the place to take notes because I've got a few more things to say and I'm sorry I'm taking a little bit of time. Um, but I think it's really important. So please lean in. Are you with me? You're still with me? Guys, especially, you still with me? Yep, fantastic. The takeaway: H- hear these next things. In the uh, if you're if you're a guy here today and you're kind of thinking, you know, I don't really fit the manly man kind of thing. That's not what I'm getting at. Please don't hear what I'm not saying. One size does not fit all with men. Do you understand? Yeah, you don't all have to be beefcake men. Okay, it's going to take all of us uh, and all our different strengths and traits. You can be a quiet, um, a quiet guy who's not into sport or anything like that. And none of all jokes aside, none of that really matters. But you can still have a strength and a resolve inside of you that others look to and are inspired by. Inspired by. This is your lean in moment, fellas. This is our lean in moment. The takeaway the centurion's belief and faith is his strength anchor point. We share that common trait because we're both on the outside. Don't suppress your God given fight inside you, but there's a right and a wrong way to fight. Okay? When I say fight, I don't mean walk out of here and. Be on the defensive and go browbeat people. People are not the enemy. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. People are never the enemy. Don't suppress your God given fight. Always see it through the filter of who God is and who he's made you to be in your identity, and that will help change our society around us. Don't fight embittered. Don't wrestle embittered men. Men especially, I'm saying. Don't wrestle embittered. If you're going to wrestle, do it like Jacob who wrestled the angel and said, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. <laughs> wrestle, absolutely. I wrestle with stuff. All my, all my life I've wrestled. I've wrestled with God even. still wrestle with God. Do it in the right way wrestle in a way which is going to have an outcome which is positive for those around you especially women and especially children okay okay your biggest influence and input in what or who you invest most of your time and energy and resource will determine what kind of fight you bring how your strength is displayed how you handle hard times how you're perceived by others What you're willing to say no to, this is a big one, what you're willing to say no to because of your bigger yes. Okay? And ultimately what your anchor point as a man is established in. The firm foundation of Jesus or a world that keeps on shifting and moving and changing its dictation about who you should be and how you should behave. We get a choice here, fellas. We get a choice here about what sort of strength will be our bedrock. What sort of strength will be our anchor point? Can I strongly suggest that you put your strength in, in Jesus, follow his example. Never has a stronger man walked the earth. Never has a more compassionate man, merciful man, walked the earth. Those things are not mutually exclusive and they never were. They never were. Final thoughts. The centurion is respected. As an outsider, we are outsiders. I know I'm repeating myself. This is really important. First Peter three fifteen. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you for the hope that you have. But do so with gentleness and respect. I was reading a preface of a book the other day written by a Christian guy who was arguing with an atheist. And after two pages, I was disgusted with the Christian. Why? Because there was no respect. And he won the argument, but what happened to that? I've got no time for that. I'm not saying don't argue, don't be strong, don't work out with fear and trembling. Your own salvation, of course, those things are biblical. But do it always with respect, always with res, always with respect. Which might mean you win, you lose an argument, but you win the person. This is the last thing I want to say. What our culture says about you men does not disqualify you from living and serving and being rooted in Christ. Your history does not disqualify you. Okay? What's going on in the past does not disqualify you. Here's your homework question What do you want the most? Because essentially, in the end, the answer to this will determine where your strength lies and what kind of impact or kind of man and what kind of legacy you will leave. okay? Let's pray. Sorry, I've gone a bit long. Father way, your boys. And as boys, we will climb from tall places and and scrape our knee. And as boys, we will make mistakes. And as boys, we will get it wrong. And as boys, we'll also try and test our strength. Um, help us to know. Help us to know as your boys, as men, as dads and as men. And as the wider church here as well, as the ladies here as well, where our strength lies and how to fight in a healthy way, which loves those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. You still there? You still, still going? I'm going to
1: have to share. That's gross. Sorry. Um, First question, Dan. Okay, so what we do, welcome back. (laughs) What we do um, sometimes here at ACC is this number here on the screen, you can actually text any question to it that you have, maybe there's a question that you've had about something that Dan has spoken about or um, something that he's touched on and you'd like him to maybe expand on a little bit, this is the time. This is where you're allowed to take your phone out in church and text someone in church. So you can go ahead and begin to do that and and just as you do, just for this next few minutes before we have lunch together. Um, Dan, I've just got a couple of questions already here. And um, actually, I'm just asking on behalf of your wife, do you put your clothes in the basket or beside?
0: So, define basket. It's a very broad term. <laughs> like, when you say basket, uh, do you mean like a... a yeah, yes, yes, thank you. Then yes. I'm with James. Thank you very much. When you say basket, do you mean in the general laundry area?
1: like that's enough I thought it'd be funny but it just went went down a path I wasn't expecting (laughs) also James I'm telling your wife (laughs) okay come on come on come on this is a spiritual moment Kesha's making us sound holy right now so let's make the most of that um Dan what's something that you have really fought for and you were really glad that you did you're really glad that you fought for
0: Um, I think for me and this is me being very vulnerable and you know I talked right at the end there about your your history doesn't disqualify you men uh, something that I have fought for and I fight for every day is my mind I have a um, long history of mental health stuff and if I allow it to dictate and get on top of me my fight goes all pear shaped and it's not pretty at all. So um, my first place that I, in any, any day, and this is a daily thing, sometimes a many times a day thing, my first fight is for this, uh, and, and the word says, be transformed by the renewal of your mind, yeah? Yeah. That'll dictate to your heart and that'll outflow into your life. So that that's probably probably the biggest thing and then if I'm fighting for that and I know I'm in a good headspace and I know I'm in the right place then I can then uh, I can I can stand up and I can stand up for women and I can mm. be a good dad and, and Yeah, great.
1: yeah, beautiful. That's a beautiful answer. Um someone has written is submission the same as surrendering to God and maybe you want to talk about that. I feel like culturally for us and you might feel the same way, that word submission, people don't like it. <laughs> um, but if I could just encourage you, as Dan answers as well, that submission is not bad. the subject of, that we submit to, who we submit to, that's what matters. And I just want you to know if you' if you're like not a Christian or if you're just visiting this morning, submitting your life to God, is not a scary, horrible thing because God is kind and faithful, and He will look after you. So, who we submit to really matters. Um, so, Dan, submission and surrendering—how and to God—how are they? How are they may be different?
0: I I actually think they're quite similar um, in lots of ways. I think there's a lot of overflow between those two things: submit and surrender. In, in my mind, the first picture that comes to surrender is someone laying down their arms. Have you you know the movie um, Bruce Almighty, Jim Carrey, and towards the end he goes, I give up, you win, I'm done, I don't want to do this anymore, and then he gets hit by a bus. <laughs> um, that's I give up, I don't want to do this anymore. I, I win, you're done. I want to do your perfect will. Those are his words in that movie. I surrender to your perfect will. Um, I think there is a lot of the sameness in there to surrender, to lay down our arms and go, you know what? I want to be man enough and strong enough to go, I don't have all the answers. Um, I haven't got it all together. Sometimes I'm really frightened. You're God and I'm not. I, I submit to you. I surrender to you. I give up my will.
1: Um, someone has written, "Was it running really fast that impressed your now wife?" Yes. <laughs> and then I kept running for a long time, and she had to catch me. <laughs> okay, bring it back for a tick.
0: No, it was the. Um, I opened a beer for her at a party. That's what. That was the. That was the deal sealer. <laughs> she went all week at the knees, and no.
1: Yeah. I okay. Can't actually no. Do it. It. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. You can stop there. <laughs> so um, this person has written, "This is not a question, but I want to say thank you to Dan for being a brother and a role model, and a father figure to people who he might not, who he might not even see. He is a walking definition of what he just talked about. So how beautiful is that, Dan? And I agree, and we agree. So thank you for bringing that word this morning. Um, I think that's it. Hey. That's it for questions. I haven't had any more. So we're going to finish up there. We're going to have some lunch together. So hang around. There's some Subway. There's some Sausage Sangers. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that and then pray us out? Is that cool? I can be more powerful. Oh. Seriously. Yeah, sure. Because I'm the alpha. Is that what you mean? So, no, okay. No, okay. Seriously. So on the, no, um,
0: because you're because <laughs> you're the woman and you're the leader of our church, that's why.
1: <laughs> okay. Look, everyone calm down. So on the wall in the foyer, you will see there's a big um, board out there. And we'd actually love for you to all, to everybody, if you can think of something, just to write something that would encourage... A man in this culture in this time and so there's a few things written there already and the heading on the um the big board is emboldened emboldened if there was anything that you could as a man you could leave this morning feeling it would I just hope that it would be emboldened that you would be emboldened to be all that God's called you to be that you'd be emboldened to make great choices that you'd be emboldened to um do all of these things that Dan talked about and so there's some is there you can head out you can write a bunch of stuff we're going to take a big photo of it and we'll be able to record everything that's written there and um, email it out to all the men in our lives all the men in our church and we just um yeah can I just say we just praise God for you all of our men we just praise God for you not because you're perfect because none of us are but we just praise God for you we praise God that you're here in this church we praise God that you show us what love looks like praise God that you lead us well. Yeah, we're really thankful. Please don't ever belittle yourself. (laughs) We need you. We need your strong voice. We need your gentle strength and we praise God for you. Yeah. Okay, Dan's going to pray because he's not crying.
0: Okay, I'm I'm praying. (laughs) Father, thanks for being the ultimate good dad. Jesus, thank you for showing us how to be real men. May we walk that out this week to everyone we meet. Amen.